0: Hello and welcome to productivity, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I wanted to kick off the first season of this year talking about new year's resolutions. Now I know what you're thinking, it was like a month ago and I've totally missed the boat. But just hear me out. I have a long held theory that February 1st is the actual first day of the year. For me, January 1st just comes around way too soon. There are just too many blocks to starting new habits and resolutions on the first day of the year. Gyms are often closed. None of your favorite TV shows are releasing new episodes. If you live in Australia, most of your favorite TV shows have been replaced by cricket anyway. Your favorite cafe with your standard healthy lunch won't be open for another couple of weeks. You might have kids at home or relatives staying with you. Parties, travel, and this is all pre-pandemic. At the moment, you're most likely stuck at home with a house full of annoyed and bored people. And don't even get me started on work. No one's back at their desk. And if they are, they're phoning it in pretty hardcore. If anyone is in the office in January, they're basically just sitting there pretending to work. That's a major generalization. I apologize to people who actually are working in their office in January, But let's be honest, I think most of us just sit there tapping away on our computer pretending to look busy. If you're wanting to change careers or expand your network this year, January is not the time to do it. It's just such a tempting time to go full habits warrior on that situation. But even the most dedicated habit makers struggle hardcore with January. I got some feedback from the listeners and they said that they missed the chatty quality of straight and curly. And you know what? I totally agree. So I'm going to be getting a friend to come on the show every now and then to discuss the week's topic. My goal is to never repeat a friend, which is super fun because then you'll hopefully get to meet literally every single person I'm friends with, which is rad because they're all awesome people. So how do we feel about New Year's resolutions? This week's friend guest is Chrissy from Hair Romance. We've been friends for, I'd say about eight years now. We literally met on Twitter. We were messaging each other and we figured out that we were going to be at the same bloggers conference and we decided to meet up and we've been best blogging buddies ever since. Although when I first met her, I didn't recognize her because she's a hair blogger. So I had only ever seen her hair and not a lot of her face. So she came up to me and I was like, I don't know who you are. And then she had to turn around and then I saw all her luscious hair. And then, yeah, we've been friends ever since. So here's what Chrissy had to say about New Year's resolutions.
1: Hi, Chrissy. How's it going? I'm good, Carly. How are you? Good, good. How's your week been? It has been okay. I mean... I'm actually feeling really good, but I feel like at the moment I just have like a little spice of every emotion that hangs over kind of any interaction or feeling or anything I see at the moment.
0: Is that like uncertainty from sort of the beginning of the year and living in Sydney? It's just a bit of a
1: pandemic hangover, 2020 hangover. I am just a little bit apprehensive, I feel at all times, living in this uncertain, unprecedented time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I'm just, everything's quite fine right now. But two weeks ago it wasn't. And then two months before that, it certainly wasn't. So it's kind of like, well, everything's fine now, but what what's going to happen? It's all going to be so horrible and something else really dreadful is going to happen.
1: Exactly. And I feel like I'm almost sometimes if I'm feeling really good, like almost like a guilt that for feeling good, because it is such a terrible time and there is so much to worry about, like feeling good and like, you know, all of those sorts of emotions that run through. Oh, but in this moment right now, I feel excellent because i get to chat with you oh me
0: too i was so excited i got to chat to you and then i was kind of like oh i don't really want to record it because i just want to like talk to you for we suck so for the listeners uh at home every time we often have meetings like where because we both work for ourselves we often have meetings where we'll be like okay we're gonna have like a power hour on monday we're gonna nut out all the stuff we're gonna do this week three hours later we have not discussed work at all we've just talked ourselves around for three hours and then in the last five minutes we'll be like oh hang on what was it that you were going to do this week
1: <laughs> okay quick back to the agenda all right here's the answers blah 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 get to it
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh so Chrissy the episode that we are talking about today is on new year resolutions how do you feel about new year resolutions
1: I think you might know what I'm going to say but I am not a big fan of new year's resolutions and for so. the same reason, like the, my sort of, I feel like a sort of guilt and shame about news resolutions because, you know, I am a bit of a rebel at keeping any kind of habit and I, I really struggle with them. So I, for a long time I would make them and now I've just given them up.
0: <laughs> so Chrissy is the type of person who loves to do things at the last minute, like literally the very last minute. We were once giving a presentation at a blogging conference and uh, I had my portion of the work that I was supposed to do. And Chrissy had her portion of the work that she was supposed to do. And I did mine several days before we even arrived at the conference. Chrissy did the last bit of hers, literally as we were sitting in the audience about to go on stage, I was having a heart attack. She's just calmly like, and the, the, okay, okay. I'm so So sorry I
1: did that to you. I don't know how else to function.
0: (laughs) But also we had actually just sat through a couple of hours of other people's presentations and she did it like, As we were like they were just about to announce us and I was like we've been sitting here for three hours listening to other people's presentations you you really like honestly you could have done it in that time (laughs) didn't absolutely didn't and that's why I think it's so good to have people like Chrissy on the show who are so different to me but you're also so productive
1: you really are a very productive rebel absolutely can I tell you in two days time I'm launching a video course and I'm still working on it um it's all the content is created. Everything is written. The sales page isn't done. That's the one. That's the one task that I'm still sitting on. But also some of the uh, layout pages I'm just redesigning at the moment. Doing it all myself as well, which is probably why it's at the last minute. Because when I have other people to do it with me, they all have to have the work ahead of the last minute. I can't expect them to work right until the deadline. I only expect yeah. myself to work until the deadline. <laughs> so you end
0: up doing a lot of the work yourself because you didn't get it to somebody else in time. Absolutely.
1: It would take too much organization to get it out of my head in time to give to someone else.
0: (laughs) So when it comes to new year's resolutions, it's not a surprise to anyone, but I love them. I'm not too keen on January in general though, because like as a month I just find it really hot and sleepy and I I do love the idea of being able to start over with a fresh slate though but I don't actually believe that the first day of January is the best time to do that um I do love that first start like first day of the school new school year and you get like a new pencil case and new notebooks and you get to be that person that you've always wanted to be and it's kind of like the beginning of the year is a reincarnation and you can kind of rebrand yourself a little bit so that's that's kind of how I feel about New Year's resolutions. So do you have any resolutions that you have set in the past that you've actually stuck to?
1: I have one actually that I am very proud of. Uh, this was many years ago. I made a resolution to wear more hats and like literally hats, because I think it was also a way for me to develop to develop my style confidence because wearing a hat often uh, engages other people and people will comment on it. So I didn't, I would often try a hat on, but take it off before I left the house. And yeah, so I challenged myself to wear more hats, and now hats are like part of my weekly wardrobe. I love it. So honestly, they really are. You're a real hat wearer, which is odd considering you're a hair blogger. Yeah, (laughs) but they kind of worked. I guess it's all about that same sort of protecting my hair, enhancing the hair. But I really thought that it was something funny, achievable, and enjoyable to complete. I think that's often so many resolutions are kind of miserable, which is why I don't like to keep them. And I agree with you about the timing of a New Year's resolution is hard because it's mid-season. I think it's nice to do it at the start of a season. But have you ever kept... Oh, you you keep resolutions. What's your favourite resolution? It was at the beginning of 2018 um, and
0: I decided to go for three months with no alcohol and do like a proper workout five times a week and I totally stuck to it and I was in the best shape of my life. I do need to actually tell the readers a really funny um, tidbit about this particular challenge that I did. So this is just a um, kind of an anti-diet culture, anti-weighing yourself, anti-numbers Kind of statement. I worked out five days a week and I ate, you know, just pure from the ground kind of food and I didn't have any alcohol. And I lost like 25 centimeters over all of my body and I lost like 8% body fat and I lost one kilo. Daddy. One a kilo. Like I was so angry at the time, but I haven't weighed myself since I had my baby because it's just such a silly, silly number. And almost since then, I haven't actually weighed myself because I fell pregnant not long after that. Um, and that was the, that was the resolution that I stuck to because when I got pregnant, I was like, oh, well now I can't drink. So it was kind of annoying because I had three months properly with no alcohol. Then I got pregnant immediately. So I ended up not drinking for like two whole years, which was fine. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was really interesting that, that three month time period in order to really, really get into shape. But yeah, I just think that's a really interesting thing to share with people that I lost one kilo And it was just not indicative of the way I looked or the way my clothes fit or my body fat percentage or anything like that. So, yeah, that was just a really interesting thing I wanted to share.
1: I remember that. And it was so weird because you were in incredible shape and this number on the scale just didn't budge. And I think that's something interesting with resolutions is you have to have multiple ways to measure it, because if you're only looking at one thing um, with any goal, you may not notice other things that are changing with it. And if you're relying on one specific metric, that could it be completely irrelevant to what you're doing.
0: Because if my resolution that year had have been to lose 10 kilos, I would have failed miserably, but I succeeded in like every other metric that I set for myself with that. So yeah, just that's a teeny tiny bit off topic. Um, so what resolutions have you set in the past that you haven't stuck to?
1: Uh, where do I begin? I have a vow now to never join a gym because of previous news resolutions where I would join and I'm the person that keeps them alive by never by paying every month and never turning up or paying like a year in full. Absolute waste of my money. Uh, yeah, I I think I've failed at every resolution I've ever made. <laughs> Except for the hat one. The hat one. The hat is the one that stuck and I, I really enjoyed that one. Which is so
0: nice. And I think that if you are the type of person that does like not follow through with
1: resolutions. Maybe you need to pick something that is more whimsical and less practical. Absolutely. And it was kind of a funny one because on one level, it's really stupid. Like it's just wear more hats, but on another level, it encouraged me to have more fun with my look, um, you know, have a bit more confidence in how I dress going out, be myself more. And I think that had some really nice sort of side effects of having more fun.
0: I agree and also you do wear a lot of hats And you look fabulous in hats You should check out uh, Chrissy's Instagram It is at Hair Romance And you can see all of her hat chops on there (laughs) What about you? Uh, So, one resolution that I haven't stuck to, uh, which actually turned out to be quite good in the end, was that in 2005, I dated three not-so-nice guys called Ben. So, in 2006, I put myself on a Ben ban. And I broke that resolution for the first time in February in 2006. And it was early February. It wasn't even, this wasn't even like a June situation. I went to a party and met this super cute guy called Ben, made out with him. And then we dated for a couple of weeks. My friends were like, this is just the worst. And it's probably the worst I've ever stuck to a resolution ever. I'm pretty good at resolutions, but they were just like, pop a cute Ben in front of you. And you know, your are a dog's dinner. And uh, so then I was like, no. And then that didn't end particularly brilliantly. So then I was like, no, definitely no more Ben's. Like I am done. I broke this resolution once. I'm not doing it again. And then I broke it again a month later, but I broke it for my Ben who I, you know, have been with fifteen years and now have a child with. So there's a positive story about breaking a resolution twice.
1: That's I can't believe you broke it so quickly. It was meant to be you were meant to be with Ben. I was,
0: I was. And sometimes you need to listen to your heart and not your brain. <laughs> so I love resolutions Chrissy doesn't love them also we have to ask the question how good are we at actually keeping our resolutions I found a poll that was conducted in 2014 and it was done by the researchers at the University of Scranton and for any of those fans of the office out there I fully imagine Dwight taking part in this research and just throwing all his shenanigans at it and screwing it up in some way. It made me giggle while I was reading it, thinking of Dwight doing that. So the university of Scranton found that while 77% of people adhered to their new year's resolutions within the first week, it was only a few months in and less than 10% of people were sticking to their resolutions. It's also important to note that gender and age bore no significance on the success rates of any of the participants. So basically, we all suck equally and none of us really stick to New Year's resolutions for longer than a couple of months at best. Let's go back a bit though. Where did New Year resolutions even come from? First of all, we need to look at the calendar. The original early Roman calendar consisted of just 10 months and 304 days, not 12 months, and 365 days. This calendar was created by Romulus, the founder of Rome, in the 8th century BC. A later king, Numa Pompilius, and if there are any... Roman experts out there who are screaming at me right now because I pronounced that incorrectly, please do call into the hotline and school me on how to pronounce it properly and I promise I won't make the mistake again. So Numa Pompilius added the months of Januaryus and Februaryus. Over the centuries, the calendar fell out of sync with the sun and in 46 BC, the Emperor Julius Caesar decided to solve the problem. So Caesar introduced the Julian calendar, which closely resembles the more modern Gregorian calendar that most countries around the world use today, and we use it. And I know that was a touch dry, but just stay with me. So Caesar instituted January 1st as the first day of the year, partly to honor the month's namesake, Janus, the Roman god of beginnings. Now, if you've ever seen a picture of Janus, obviously it wouldn't be a photo, it would be like a statue or a painting. He's often depicted as having two faces, which allowed him to look back into the past and look forward into the future. And I just love the imagery of the two faced Janus. And I think personally, looking back is as important as looking forward on New Year's Eve. I'm never one to dwell on the past, but I think it's very healthy to look back on the past year and look at the things that you liked about the year and look at the things that you didn't like about the year and try to embrace the things that you didn't like and let them go before you walk into the new year. I just really love the imagery of the two faces and the the marriage of the moving forward and the moving backwards. I just really love that. So Roman celebrated New Year's Eve by offering sacrifices to Janice and basically having this giant medieval piss up. Hello, just interrupting this episode super quickly to tell you that I have a goal to get to 500 reviews of productivity by the end of 2021. To date, we're at 217 and I would love to double that number. My Kate Sobrano episode was listened to over 5,000 times. So if just 2.5% of the people who listened to that episode left a review, I'd be at my goal today. If you love this podcast, please take a moment to leave a review. Just search for productivity in your podcast app, scroll down and click leave a review. Thank you so much. So, it's unclear exactly where New Year resolutions have come from, but we can't deny that they're a whole thing. For instance, the ancient Babylonians made promises to the gods to pay their debts and return any objects they had borrowed on the 1st of Jan. These promises were considered omens for the year to come. If the Babylonians kept their word, the gods would grant them an enjoyable year. If they didn't keep their promises, they'd have a crap year. The Babylonians also believed in working at least half of the day on January 1st because it was a good omen for a productive year. Personally, I love that and I totally agree. I always feel like however you spend New Year's Day is kind of like a taster of what the rest of the year will be. And I really like being productive. So I always try to do a little bit of planning or a little bit of work on the 1st of January. Since that time, resolutions have mainly become a secular practice with people making promises to themselves instead of gods, but these resolutions are no more effective. And as I mentioned earlier, at least 30% of people don't follow through on their new year resolutions within one week of setting them. Just like listener Liz, who called in with this hilarious story.
1: Hi, this is Liz from Canada. Uh, one of my Year's resolutions this year was to eat more fruits and vegetables. And I thought that a great way of doing that would be to commit to eat one apple every day. So I went to the grocery store on January 1st and I bought a big bag of apples and I ate one and I was very proud of myself. And then on January 2nd, I totally forgot until about 8.30 at night, at which point I didn't want to eat an apple. Uh, so I decided I would change my resolution and I would eat five apples a week so that I had a bit more flexibility. Didn't have to do it every day. Uh, today is January 14th. I have not had another apple. The bag sits on my counter taunting me. Uh, I might start eating them again, but the resolution is completely out the window. Happy New Year, Carly. Love the podcast.
0: So I'm sure that story isn't unfamiliar to a lot of us. Once I decided to take a photo of my face every day for a year, and I think I made it in about three days. It was a major fail. So why bother, right? I do actually think that there is a lot of room for New Year's resolutions, but maybe not in the form that we know them as. Here's a better plan for New Year resolutions. Start on the 1st of Feb. First of Jan, it's way too busy and silly to start doing anything meaningful. And I don't know about you, but I needed a full few weeks to get over the holidays this year. I was so tired. And so was everyone else. I started back at my socially distanced outdoor boot camp in the first week of January. And even the fittest, most enthusiastic people were dragging their feet. By all means, do stuff in January. Just take it easy. Don't make any major changes and please don't beat yourself up for not being productive. You should also think in terms of quarters for the year. So, this has been a huge benefit to me in the last few years. I like to visualize my year into sprints but they're not evenly divided. So if that's going to bother you, just skip this part. This is going to be, you know, those videos that you see on Facebook of people doing really horrible things like cutting a slice of pizza out of the middle of a pizza. And it's just to annoy everyone. If you like your year to be divided evenly, this tip is not for you. <laughs> so I look at my year in four parts. I have February, March, April, that's sprint one, May, June, July, August, that's sprint two. So I put the extra month in sprint two because you're warmed up for the year, but you're not quite burned out yet. September, October, November, that's sprint three. And December and January, I like to call the jog. I just find that no matter how hard I try to be productive in December and January, it just doesn't happen. By mid-December, I'm booked solid until Christmas day and I'm so tired, all I can do is the bare minimum. This visualization might not work for everyone, but if you're looking for a way to divide the year to give yourself some deadlines or do some personal development challenges, aim for sprint one to three and make sure that you have a few jog months in there. It might work better for you to separate your jog months and have them at different points throughout the year. Another point that's important to think about is my jog period of December and January falls in summer. This is not by accident. I don't cope well with the heat. It makes me lethargic and tired and cranky and I don't like it. I thrive in winter. I love cold weather. I feel energized by cold weather. I also feel energized by winter because it's in the middle of the year in Australia. So our coldest months are June through August and I, I just feel revitalized and like I'm in the middle of the year and I know what I'm doing in our summer, which is December through to February. I just feel a bit floaty and like I'm not tethered to anything. That's very much dependent on me living in the Southern Hemisphere. So if you live in the Northern Hemisphere and you don't like winter and you don't feel productive in winter, then maybe have a jog season in the middle of your winter if you don't feel like leaving the house and you don't feel very productive. Think about the way you respond to the weather and your circumstances and plan your sprints and jogs around what works for you. You need to decide what you want to do rather than what you don't want to do. Things like not eating sugar, not watching too much TV, not ordering takeaway, not gossiping. All of these resolutions are great, but they're so negative and they're not action-based. I find it's easier to do something than to not do something. So if you have some New Year's Eve resolutions, try flipping the switch and making them positive. I am an eternal optimist, and I do just feel if you pop a positive spin on anything, it always helps. And I just think that if we rejig some of our resolutions to be actions that we're going to do rather than a negative thing that we're going to take away from our lives, it's just a bit better for our mental health and our headspace, if that makes sense. You should also choose one thing, not five. So, it would have been about 15 years ago that I decided that I was going to be a morning exercise person. I was pretty neutral about both mornings and exercise at that point, but I knew I felt fantastic when I worked out in the morning, and I just had to figure out how to get into the habit of doing it. So, I booked into a hideously expensive boot camp in Canberra in the middle of winter with a mate of mine. Hey, Sal. And we got up three mornings a week for 12 weeks and did this incredibly frosty army style workout on the lawns of the Mint. I'm not joking. It was so cold that we would do our warm up run and the grass would just be crunching under our feet and our lips would be turning blue and we'd be wearing full on ski jackets while we're running around. It was bananas. I honestly don't know why we did it. It was brutal but we didn't skip a single workout. And since that time, I've been doing at least three mornings of exercise a week, often five. And I checked with Sal because I just think it was a good idea because it changed everything for me. And I wanted to see if it changed things for her. And she said she was already exercising quite a lot at that stage and she enjoyed the boot camp, but it didn't really change that much for her. For me, it changed everything. The reason why I was able to solidify this habit is because it was the only thing I did. I didn't change my diet. I didn't add runs in on my day off. All I did was show up every single session for 12 weeks and it solidified the habit for me. Incidentally, this bootcamp also forced me to change my work hours. I'd start my office job at 8 a.m. because... The boot camp was on the other side of town, which was near where my work was, and I would just be at the office at 8 a.m. straight after the boot camp. So then I would leave at 4 p.m., and this taught me how much more productive I am in the morning. Once 3 p.m. hits, my brain leaves the frickin' building. I know that choosing work hours isn't available to everyone, especially shift workers and teachers and nurses and retail workers. But honestly, if you have the flexibility, figure out what hours you're at your best and work those. Every single time I try to work past 3 p.m., I just waste time. Even when I work for clients on those days, my work is so subpar. I'm an 8am to 3pm gal and I'm really honest with clients about it. I had a client at the end of last year who really wanted me to work from 12 until eight one evening because she had a team from overseas that needed to work that time. And I just said, look, that's not going to work because it's going to be a waste of your money and a waste of my time because I'm just not focused enough to work in those hours. And we came up with a solution where I didn't have to work those hours because it just wasn't going to work. So it's just something to think about if that option is available to you. It's also important to go gently, go very gently and work up to it. If your goal is to do something every day, don't start by doing that thing every single day. That's bananas. Start with one day a week and then move up to two days the next week. It's so important to work in increments, which everyone already knows, but At the beginning of the year, people can go a little wild and jump in a bit too gung-ho into their habits. So the real new year is next week. Today, have a little think about what you want to do this year and what you'd like to achieve. That might mean continuing to lay low and be in survival mode because 2020 was so rough, you might need to work on putting one foot in front of the other for 2021. That's perfectly fine. You might want to focus on a career change, your health relationships, whatever it is, commit to just one habit and start gently implementing it on February 1st and see how you go. It's also totally cool to not start any new habits right now. The world is like the wild, wild west. Just do what you need to do. That just about wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening to Productivity, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs. You can find me on Instagram at carlyjacobs.com. That's Carly Jacobs D-O-T-C-O-M. You can also email me productivity at carlyjacobs.com. Love hearing from listeners, so seriously don't be shy. You can also record a question for me to answer on the show at speakpipe.com forward slash productivity. Also, if you love the show, please consider becoming a patreon supporter even just five dollars a month would be a huge help in covering production editing equipment promotion and guest wrangling just visit patreon.com forward slash productivity oh and one more thing please leave a rating and a review it's the best way to help other people find the podcast until next time remember little habits big life